You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. It's drive time now. Welcome to Tribe Talk on the Cleveland Indians Radio Network. Tribe Talk is brought to you by Progressive, helping Indians fans save hundreds on car insurance. the 60-game season, numerous protocols to keep players healthy, and an expanded postseason, the game on the field for the 2020 Major League Baseball season was familiar for most fans. Now, on the minor league side, well, in a nutshell, there was no minor league side. Yes, there was an alternate camp for all teams, a taxi squad of sorts, playing games each day to stay sharp in case of a need at the major league level. But if you weren't on a team's 40-man roster and part of the alternate camp, your minor league season consisted primarily of individual workouts and skill development. That's what has made the Fall Instructional League, held in Arizona for Indians farmhands, a breath of fresh air. A majority of those players we have not seen in person since the middle of March. So it's great to actually see them in person, build those, build on the relationships that you've established, but absolutely seeing the balls out there. And we're playing night games too, so it's been, it's been really exciting. That's James Harris, the Indians' vice president of player development, and to say he was ecstatic to have players seeing game action in Arizona might be an understatement. I'm Jim Rosenhouse, and this is Tribe Talk, presented by Progressive. Coming up later on in our show this week, we'll take a deep dive with James on which players have made up for lost time in Arizona this fall and where things might be headed for player development throughout baseball due to the uncertainty caused by COVID-19 restrictions. Also on Tribe Talk this week, we'll hear from Indians pitching prospects Scott Moss and take another look back at one of the great games of the 2020 Tribe season. But first, Major League Baseball's award season is underway, and the big news this week for the Indians, two players recognized for defensive excellence. Second baseman Cesar Hernandez awarded his first career gold glove, and catcher Roberto Perez became a repeat winner for his tremendous work behind the plate, and the Indians as a team for the first time, a new award announced by Rawlings, a team award for defensive excellence, and the Indians captured that award for defensive excellence in 2020. Now, individually, for Hernandez, he became the Indians' first second baseman to earn a gold glove since Roberto Alomar did it back in 2001. Hernandez finished second among all American League second basemen in defensive runs saved. He led all second basemen in innings played, and man, that was such a big key in his first season with the Tribe, the consistency and the willingness to play every day. We heard that coming into the season 
that he was someone who was very difficult to get out of the lineup, never wanted a day off, and that showed this season. His season fielding percentage of 981, only four errors all season. Well, he led all Major League second basemen in Fangraph's defensive rating. That's defensive runs above average, which measures a player's defensive value relative to the league average. So uh, certainly a great year defensively for Hernandez, who really came through at the plate as well. You could argue that uh, over from start to finish, may have been the Indians' most consistent hitter. Not the most spectacular. Certainly, Jose Ramirez earned that right as he'll be in the conversation for most valuable player, but very steady, especially in that two-hole in the lineup, was Hernandez for most of the season. Now, on to Roberto Perez, just the second catcher in franchise history to win multiple gold gloves. Ray Fossey did it back in 1970 and 1971. Now Perez has done it in 2019 and 2020. Roberto Perez led all major league catchers in caught stealing percentage. He threw out nine of 13 would-be base stealers. That's 69%. That's staggering. If you're a major league catcher and you throw out 30 to 35% of the opposing base stealers, that is considered a good season. Perez went nine for 13 this year, and the fact that only 13 runners tried it that says a lot in itself. Now, here's a couple of other gems from uh, Perez defensively. He carries a career-best 126-game errorless streak into next season. He has not been charged with a passed ball since not last year, 2019, but the year prior. You have to go back to September 4th, 2018, 158 games to find a pass ball allowed by Perez, and that is such a key that we'll get to with him in just a moment. It's the longest streak by a major league catcher since 2005 when Dan Wilson did it, playing mainly for the Mariners. Perez did not make an error in 32 games behind the plate this year. He did not commit a pass ball for the second consecutive season, finished third in the league in defensive runs, saved, and the Cleveland Indians pitching staff posted a 3.23 earned run average during his time behind the plate as uh, they once again were at or near the top in most pitching categories most of the season. And heading into next year, Roberto Perez will have a career caught-stealing percentage of 38%. That's tops among all active major league catchers. And uh, while we haven't had a chance to visit with him just yet about this year's award, We did dig up last year's interview after he won the Gold Glove and what it means to him to carry a pitching staff and get the most out of his pitchers. It's something that he has really focused on for quite some time. And after last year winning the award, there's the raw numbers that we just talked about, the pass balls, the caught stealings, all that kind of good stuff defensive-wise. But you talk to any Cleveland Indians pitcher and they will tell you that Roberto Perez is a big reason why they have the success that he do or that they do, and he talked about why that's so important to him. It's it's something that I you know that that I put a lot of effort in. Um, I always try to tell them um, you know when, when the younger guys come in, I say I always tell them like, hey, don't be afraid to check me off. I'm I'm here for you. Um, I don't know everything. I'm still learning, uh, uh, like like you. So um, that that kind of because those guys, when they get called up, when you're young, you try to do too much. 
you know, in on the mound. So then balls everywhere. Then as a catcher, you get like a goalie. You you, you don't trust yourself. You you're trying to jab everything and and and. But uh, but they 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 help me. They help me through it. They help me a lot too. Um, you know, with with their calm and and being confident on the mound. So uh, um, I'm just very grateful. That's Roberto Perez. Another tremendous season behind the plate and perhaps as impressive this season as a year ago. Last year, he really came along at the plate, had a career year with home runs, runs driven in. Offensively, he was a force in 2019 for the Indians, a complete 180 this season. He had a a shoulder issue that really hampered him swinging the bat, and he had just a miserable year offensively, but he never took that behind the plate when it came time to play defense, work with the pitching staff, and get the most out of this ball club pitching-wise. So a big tip of the cap to Roberto Perez winning his second consecutive Gold Glove Award. So there's your awards this week. Uh, Stay with us next week as we'll hear. It's got to be Shane Bieber, right? American League Cy Young Award. That'll be announced next week, as will the Most Valuable Player Award. And certainly, Jose Ramirez will be in that conversation, and uh, hopefully we'll have uh, some news for you by next week's show on uh, both of those young men who had great seasons for the Indians this year. Stay tuned. When we come back, it's our Game of the Week segment as Tribe Talk, presented by Progressive, continues after this timeout on the Cleveland Clinic Indians Radio Network. Welcome back to Tribe Talk, presented by Progressive. Jim Rosenhouse back with you for our weekly show. And, yes, it runs weekly throughout the off season. We're deep into the hot stove and free agency starting to take hold. A lot of player moves will be made at a certain pace that most likely will be much different from years past, but intriguing just the same uh, to see what teams are able to do during this offseason heading into an uncertain 2021. But right now... There is a spring training schedule put together, and all plans are for teams to report to spring training in mid-February with games beginning at the end of February 2021. Each week on Tribe Talk during the offseason, we take a look back at some of the great games of the 2020 campaign. And for the Indians, that was another postseason season for the Tribe as uh, Terry Francona's ball club and, and most of the time Sandy Alomar's ball club overcame an offense that took a long time to get going, and they did it with great pitching, and they played well within the division for the most part, and they always seem to play well against the Tigers in recent seasons, and that's where we'll pick things up. The game, Sunday, August the 16th, the Indians in Detroit to take on the Tigers, still in the early stages of the 2020 season. The Indians had won the first two games of the three-game series, and their win streak over Detroit sat at 19 victories in a row. The last time they lost to the Tigers was back in April of 2019. The pitchers for the Sunday afternoon contest, Adam Pletko for the Tribe, Michael Fulmer for the Tigers, and the game was scoreless in the second when the Indians' hottest hitter in the early going, Fran Reyes, got the scoring started. The pitch swung on, line shot, deep right field. This ball gone! Fran Mil Reyes went upstairs and got a fastball and tomahawked it into the seats in right. And he stays sizzling. And the Indians have a 1-0 lead on his fourth home run. And Fran Mil Reyes now over the last nine games not only has three home runs, but he's hitting 
500. So the Indians take the lead, and guess who's leading the charge again? It's Fran Mil Reyes with a solo shot to right. In the third inning, Francisco Lindor unloaded with a runner on. Now the pitch. Lindor with a high drive into deep right field. This ball gone! And Frankie Lindor coming out of it in a big way this Sunday afternoon. A double and now a towering two-run blast to right. And the Indians have a 3-0 lead. And Lindor has his fourth home run of the year. All have been from the left side. And the Indians have hit Fulmer hard all day long. They've just had a lot of atom balls. But that ball ended up in the seats. Now in the top half of the third, the Tigers, they would get to Adam Pletko, five hits, leading to three runs, and the game was suddenly tied at three, and it stayed that way until the fifth inning. That's when Jose Ramirez, who always seems to hit well at Comerica Park, put the try back on top. Here's the 3-2, swung on, and there's a high fly ball. This one's hit to deep left, way back there. Home run, Jose Ramirez. And the Indians are back in front. No doubt about it from Ramirez clearing the bullpen in left. His fifth home run on the season makes it 4-3 Tribe. Boy, the Tigers didn't go away, though, and again they came back. An RBI single by Miguel Cabrera in the bottom of the fifth inning tied the game at four, but once again it, it didn't stay tied for long thanks to an unlikely source of power, Sandy Leone. Now the 1-0. A swing and a long drive by Sandy Leone to deep right and gone! Sandy Leone has hit his first home run as an Indian. And the Indians have gone deep four times today and now lead it by a score of 5-4. to four. So the Indians who have struggled to score runs have struggled to hit for power. And they have erased a lot of that this weekend in Motown. Jose Ramirez drove in another run with a ground out to make it 6-4. to four, And then Francisco Lindor kept the sixth inning rally going. Now the set and the payoff pitch. And it's swung on and a line shot deep left field. Down the line it goes. It'll one-hop the wall. Extra bases for Lindor. Hernandez scores, and Frankie's in with his third extra base hit of the day. A two-out RBI double down the left field line, and the Indians' hit parade continues, and the Tribe has broken this tie game with a three-run sixth. And Francisco Lindor easily with his best game of the season. And in the seventh, the big man, Fran Mio Reyes, was at it again. Reyes, two for three, an infield single and a solo homer to right. Former's ready. Here it comes. And it's swung on, blasted high and deep to center. Back goes Jones, looking up. It is gone again! Into the shrubbery this time. Into the vines growing up the batter's eye above the second level of bushes. How little did we know Fran Mio Reyes is a landscaper in the offseason. He loves shrubs. And the Indians lead it 8-4 on a prodigious blast to dead center 
which is 420 feet away, and Lord only knows how far that had gone had it not hit the batter's eye. You just never see balls hit there, much less above the second row of shrubs and into the ivory. My goodness. And that would be enough for Nick Whitgren to finish things up in the ninth inning. The one-strength delivery, and it's swung on, bounced towards second. Hernandez to second one, Lindor's relay, double play, ball game. And it's 20 consecutive wins for the Indians over the Detroit Tigers. The final today, Cleveland 8, Detroit 5. And that would do it, win number 20 in a row over the Tigers, and that would be the, the final win in a row and just a tremendous streak of dominance by one team over another in the same division as the Tigers would snap that skid later on in the season back at Progressive Field. That's our look back at one of the great games of the 2020 season. The Indians with win number 20 in a row over the Tigers on Sunday, August the 16th. Stay with us. When we come back, we'll talk player development with Indians Vice President of Player Development, James Harris, as Tribe Talk, presented by Progressive, continues on the Cleveland Clinic Indians Radio Network. Welcome back to Tribe Talk, presented by Progressive. Jim Rosenhouse along with you. And one of the areas where the Indians have excelled in recent seasons and a big component of the franchise's major league success, especially since 2013, has been player development. This year for every team in baseball, development of young players was a major challenge since there was no minor league season. Each team did run inter-squad games at an alternate site for the Tribe over at Lake County, but that group was limited in numbers. For the most part, young players in the system, the summer of 2020 was spent in hometowns working out but not playing in games. We had a chance to visit recently with James Harris, the Indians' vice president of player development, at the conclusion of the Fall Instructional League out at the Indians' complex in Goodyear, Arizona. And James says giving young players a chance to play again was a joy to watch. A majority of those players we have not seen in person since the middle of March. So it's great to actually see them in person, build those, build on the relationships that you've established, but absolutely seeing the balls out there and, we're playing nine games, too, so it's been, it's been really exciting. And this group of players here, are, are any of them players who were in the camp at the alternate site over the course of the summer, or all these, or all are all these players ones who did not have a chance to, to go anywhere to work on their craft during the summer? So we have a few players from the alternate site, like Valera, Bracho, Freeman, Clement, Jones, Hankins, Espino, names like that were in both camps, but a majority of our players, a majority of the 50 players are guys that we have not seen since March. So playing games against other teams um, must be kind of nice, and I know that's a little bit different from what you normally see in Instructional League. Yeah, recently, the past uh, three or four years, we haven't played very many games. We've focused more on um, just ending the season and developing their off-season programs and kind of diving in on individual needs. Well, we're still doing some of that, but being able to play the games and make up for some of those innings and at-bats missed has been a great opportunity for us. And so much of everything we've talked about in this baseball season has been protocols and being safe. How different is the environment in Arizona in Goodyear 
uh, compared to, to what it normally is in terms of what you have to do to get the kids on the field safely? Yeah, it's very different. Um, there's an element of testing. There's an element of social distancing. There's an element of smaller groups. But to be honest with you, some of those things have allowed us to improve our game. So smaller groups, just like you would think in, in classrooms, having a smaller coach-to-player ratio, more individualized work is a good thing for us. So not everything that has come out of this, um, these restrictions are bad. Uh, it's just different. When you look at, at some of the individual players who are there, and, and I know you, you mentioned some names of, of players who, who did have a chance to participate in some things this summer, but I imagine it's different for a pitcher like a Logan Allen who, who has seen some major league time as opposed to, to someone who's very much just getting their feet wet in this whole thing. And maybe in this organization, and uh, a name that jumps out is Joey uh, Cantillo, if I'm pronouncing that right, uh, who was acquired by trade. How much difference is there in some of the things that they do on a regular basis at Instructional League in terms of what you want to get for them development-wise? That's a, that's a good point. So we got Cantillo, we got Arias, uh, we also have Owen Miller, three players that came up over from San Diego. They did report to our alternate site in Cleveland, but we didn't have very much time with them. Um, so they came in, are starting to get the, to know the organization. We we learned a little bit about them in the scouting process. Our scouts do an amazing job of getting to know the player, but on the development side of like what types of things they like to do from a development standpoint and what particularly they're working on, we're getting, we're still getting to know. So, but even though those guys are new to us, they're playing in games. Cantillo pitched last night. Uh, the rest of those guys have been in games. Uh, saw Arias hit a shot over the scoreboard the other day. Um, they've been fun to get to know and fun to watch play. And in terms of what you try and do, especially on that, that pitching side for someone like a Cantillo, uh, Obviously, the Indians with this great reputation for developing young pitching. What are some of the things that, that you do to try and get him moving in a, in a good direction and, and see what's in there in terms of ability for him? Well, number one, these guys are professionals. So the first thing we do is we ask them, what do they want to work on? So there's some things that we've, we've identified in the scouting process and things that we've identified in the development process, but those mean nothing if if Joey hasn't been able to identify those and he doesn't want to work on those. So if we can align on what he needs to work on and what he wants to work on, that also provides the motivation to get those things done. And then it just moves us to uh, providing resources to help him do that. Um, we've seen pitchers on, on, in the offseason, Bieber, Plezak, um, McKenzie, who have added pitches in the offseason, not because we've said they needed to add those pitches, because they were interested in adding to their arsenal. So we just provide resources to help them do that effectively. And when you look at the game situations for them, I know in a lot of years, this time of year, you don't want to go too heavy on game action because pitch limits and pitch counts have built up over the course of a season. Do you have a little more leeway this year because of not having a minor league season to work with? Yeah, I wish we had more leeway. Uh, the only reason why I say that is because we only have one team. There's only 50 players, and we want to do it safely. So in order to do it safely, you're you're going to try to – not have as many innings and you have more pitchers than you necessarily have innings. So um, our starters are going around three, three innings and our relievers are coming in for an inning at a time and everyone's, everyone's begging to get in game. So um, we're getting to see them enough, but I, it does not replace a full season of being able to have starters go six and um, have, have relievers in the game um, consistently. 
That must be nice having kids begging to get into games because <laughs> I'm sure this time of year that, that can be a challenge at times in a normal season. Yeah, it, could, it can be. But, I mean, of course, our guys love to play. So yeah, they love to play. And then imagine not being able to play for some of them in seven months. They're like, I need some at-bats. I want to get out there. So it's been, it's been fun to see them out there. James Harris joining us, Indians Vice President of Player Development. On the position player side, a, a couple of names jumping out. Uh, his brother – Certainly had a postseason to remember, but uh, Bo Naylor, young catcher, um, and now one of two Naylors in the organization, his brother Josh, uh, really making a nice impression since coming over in a trade. How is Bo doing behind the plate in his development? Bo is, is a guy who, who's benefited from having an older brother that's a pretty good player, too, because of he has a maturity to him. So he handles the, the pitchers well. He's working on some arm strength, which has been impressive to see him do that and he swings a pretty good bat so it's been great to have him as part of site two um, meaning our alternate site and as well as as our instructs program but just remember when he was at the alternate site he's handling major league pitching so that was a great development opportunity for him and you mentioned that alternate site we had a chance to visit with nolan jones during the course of the summer and and he just talked about how great a benefit it was being there because he was seeing major league type pitching uh, in a lot of cases. Uh, how have, have the likes of Nolan Jones and Tyler Freeman, how has their progress gone this fall out in Arizona? Well, it's, it's a lot, allows those guys to self-evaluate. So all of them have dreams of playing at the major league level, but then you have a question in the back of your mind without either one of them playing in AAA. It's like, am I ready? So being able to go up there, face AAA pitching, face major league pitching, Face, face even guys like Plezak and, and Clevenger were there at, at times where these guys have opportunities to kind of see where they're at and what they need to work on, which drives their development, which allowed those guys to come in the instructs hungry, which has been fun to see. In the outfield, the official roster has six outfielders on it. Um, anyone jumping out to you that, that's been really exciting and, and fun to watch here during the course of the fall? Well, it's, I mean, there's a lot of guys out there that, that, that are fun to watch, but I mean, George Valera might be someone that, that people haven't seen very much of. He's been at our alternate side. He's a young player. Um, it's always great to, to see him run around. Uh, Will Benson has been great. He was not at our alternate side, so it was good to be able to see him. We've seen Ernie Clement out there. We've seen um, Nolan Jones out there. Just a great opportunity to, to add some versatility to a, a lot of players. So Stephen Kwan, um, like I, I can name all of them, but but it's been fun to see them all out there. And with only a, a week to 10 days or so remaining, uh, what's next for, for a lot of these players? Are they back in that situation where a lot of it's just that work at home that that has a, a good plan behind it to, to try and get better for hopefully a normal spring training come February? Yeah. I mean, I can't say for, for certain what, what February or, or March is going to look like, but what I can tell you is what November will look like. It's like because these guys have ramped up and done a lot of work, uh, we want to give them the proper recovery and proper offseason. So a lot of these guys will transition into a delos phase where we give them a little bit rest of rest before we start to ramp them back up. And then we'll check in with them around December as they start to throw again and, and swing again and, and kind of make sure that we're aligned on, on the goals for next season. Well, it is nice to talk about baseball and, and players having that opportunity to play in games. It's all part of the Fall Instructional League out in Arizona. James, thanks a lot for the update. Appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for having me. It's been fun to talk ball. That's James Harris, Vice President of Player Development. 
Now stay with us. When we return with our final segment of Tribe Talk, we'll check in with yet another intriguing young pitcher in the Indian system, left-hander Scott Moss. That's next on the Cleveland Clinic Indians Radio Network. Welcome back to Tribe Talk, presented by Progressive. And don't forget, you can listen to our show each week on the Indians Radio Network. It usually drops around 5 o'clock or late afternoon, early Saturday evening, depending on your local Indians Radio Network affiliate stations. You can also catch it on Indians.com. All the archived editions are there or in podcast form wherever you download your favorite podcasts. Last segment, Indians Vice President of Player Development, James Harris, filled us in on the Fall Instructional League and some of the young prospects playing there. The alternate camp during the summer at Lake County gave more advanced players the opportunity to play in games, albeit inter-squad games, and uh, make sure that they stayed prepared just in case they were needed for the Indians roster. And one of those players was left-hander Scott Moss. Moss was acquired from the Reds in last summer's Trevor Bauer trade, and while he has yet to appear in a major league game for the Indians, he has shown well wherever he has pitched since joining the Tribe organization. We had a chance to catch up with Scott at the tail end of his time at the alternate site this summer, and he says he's appreciative of the opportunity to keep pitching in the most unusual of seasons. Yeah, um, I would say that this is this is the most unusual that that we could possibly get. Um, I mean, we're, we're walking to the ballpark every day and they're scanning our foreheads to see our temperatures. And every day we're filling out, uh, different, different things on our phones, telling us how we feel and things like that. So it's a, it's a different atmosphere for sure. Um, but it's one that, that we've, we've become accustomed to. When you look at, at how things are going on the mound, it sounds like the way it's been set up, you, you're kind of on a regular rotation and you're a starting pitcher who would be in a rotation in a minor league season. And, and how similar from that standpoint have things been, or at least they're trying to get them to be. Yeah. On a daily basis, it's basically the same. Um, it, it's a five day or a six day rotation, depending on off days, just like a season. Um, rain days are, are, are the one exception, obviously. Um, but otherwise it's, it's the same. We go through the same warmups, go through the same, uh, in between bullpens on the second or third day, whichever one you do, and uh, and we go out and compete. Um, I mean, it's against the same hitters, like an inter-squad setup, and sometimes there's umpires and sometimes there's not. Um, but other than that, we try to get the most out of it that we can and be the most competitive that we can. So you must have some kind of scouting report on these hitters you're facing <laughs> at this point in time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they they actually have a, a scouting report better on us. I feel like at this point, uh, but but for sure. Scott, you've been on that radar. You you had a good spring at regular spring training out in Goodyear. Had a chance to be in big league camp for a while, and then some opportunities during summer camp. Uh, this season, from a development standpoint. Uh, how do you feel it's gone for you and, and have you been able to get some things done in terms of your pitch mix and, and sharpening up pitches, things like that? Yeah. Um, I feel like I've been able to get a, a, a good amount of stuff out of this season. Uh, during a regular season, it's more on the competitive side, trying to get everybody out uh, with whatever stuff you have that day. And in this scenario, uh, in this year, we're able to throw against the hitters, but also be able to work on stuff the entire year. I mean, I've been working on increasing my slider velocity and, and getting my body into the same spot every time. And I've been able to work on that. So at the end results, 
may not be in your favor. You might give up a couple hits that you wouldn't give up during the regular season. But at the end of the day, you're, you're finding, you're finding what, what works best for you. And in a normal year, it certainly looked like uh, you would be at that AAA level, you know, just a phone call away and, and working on your craft there. Um, how do you approach it being in this different scenario in terms of your opportunities to, to advance and, and make a major league debut? Yeah, um, this season's tough. Um, we, uh, we've seen a lot of movement. We've seen a lot of movement with guys, uh, especially in other organizations, that, that possibly people get sick or, or they, they, they can track COVID, and, and all of a sudden now you're up there. Um, so it's a different scenario this year with, uh, with progression at least. Um, but the ability to stay within yourself and stay true to yourself while you're still working on things is, is a big key, especially when you're facing the same hitters on a daily basis, which is pretty tough. You've been in the organization for a little bit more than a year now after the big trade at the last trade deadline between the Reds, Indians, and Padres. Uh, entire career had been with Cincinnati prior to that point in pro ball. Uh, but what have your impressions been of the Indians organization from a pitching standpoint now a year in for you? Yeah, the Indians are just the top tier um, on the pitching side. I'm sure it's on the same on the position side. Um, they they break you down into uh, segments, into slow motion, into into mechanics, into everything, um, where you learn about yourself more than just throwing the baseball. I'm a big feel guy. I, I feel every pitch come out of my hand, and I feel where it's going. But along with feel, you have to know what your stuff's actually doing. And uh, they're, they're, that's the main goal in, in pitching, and that's what they do really well. Well, that certainly has been a, a key for the organization in a lot of different areas. Scott, thanks so much for the time, and uh, good luck the rest of the way. And uh, who knows, maybe we'll see you down the road sometime soon. Yeah, exactly. Thank you, Jim. That's Scott Moss, Indians pitcher, one of many outstanding pitching prospects the Indians have at that alternate site. Stay tuned. More to come after this on the Cleveland Clinic Indians Radio Network. That's Indians pitcher Scott Moss, who seems to be very close to reaching the major leagues and continuing what has been a tremendous stretch of good young pitching coming out of the Tribe Farm System. That's going to do it for this week's edition of Tribe Talk. Thanks so much for tuning in, and thanks, as always, to Brian Matze for helping to put together our show each week, and also Anthony Alford, who's been working things back at the network studios as well. Until next week, this is Jim Rosenhouse reminding you that you've been listening to Tribe Talk, presented by Progressive on the Cleveland Clinic Indians radio network. Tribe Talk on the Cleveland Indians radio network has been brought to you by... Progressive, helping Indians fans save hundreds on car insurance.